to the white hand of Saruman. Okay. Well, <laughs> on that note, welcome everybody back to the reason. Give me a second. Wow. You know this has been so long that I f- that up. You, wow. I'm. Wow. Yeah. That's like yeah. my the when we started this whole damn thing, and I was like, it took me half an hour just to get through the first intro. And on that point, welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. Tonight, you've actually got Eric and I, and it I feel like every single time, Eric, that we do an episode in the last little bit, every single time that we do it, I always say that it's been too long. You do. We work in a ridiculous profession where it we don't always have the schedule, we don't have the timing, and things are going on in life. We don't get to do this as often as I think we would like to. Would you not agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah, if we could do this every day, that'd be good. Could you imagine? Could you imagine doing the Unreasonable Grounds podcast every day? <sighs> okay, we couldn't do it every day. We need some days to get more material. I don't think it would be lacking. I think we'd do like no. a 10-parter on what we're doing today. Yeah, yes, I guess we could. Just go on it forever. Yeah. Let's so, do it. Let's let's quit our jobs and just do this full-time. And just go for it. No more copping. Would it be copping? No. I don't know, it's weird. Copper, call it, coppering? Ever, coppering? Coppering? I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Mm. You know, Constabling? It's, uh, so policing just sounds so ugh, so 1990s, yeah. <laughs> right? Does, doesn't it? Cue the laugh track. <laughs> oh, I, I could do that. I could do that if I wanted to. But on that note, guys, uh, obviously, like I said, welcome everybody back to the podcast. Uh, and again, this is if this is your first time uh, joining us for the podcast. This is the podcast by first responders for first responders. Uh, but we we basically center around policing uh, in Canada and North America and. As we've said many times before in the podcast, if you go back through the old episodes, we talk about some of the international listeners we have as well, too. So everybody, welcome. Welcome back. It's been a little bit like we just said. Uh, But tonight we're going to be getting into a topic that I am extremely excited about because it's something that I absolutely love. And it's something that I've found uh, a little bit late in life and late in my career. I wish I would have started a hell of a lot earlier. But Eric, you had the idea initially when we started this off, we're going a little off the cuff tonight, and getting Mm -hmm. into an episode on, it sounds so ridiculous, reading. Reading. Books. Eric's idea was, hey, Thompson, let's do an episode on books. Yeah. Reading's hard. (laughs) It's true. It's true. For some people. It's so funny. Reading is hard. Reading is difficult, you know? And, yeah. uh, and and this is something I thought was fantastic. And I thought uh, we had been really looking to get into in the, in the future. When I, I jot down some ideas every now and then, Eric, and you've seen, and we've gone for coffee before as well, too. Yeah. And more recently, we did that. And we went over some ideas mm-hmm. for episodes. And one of the ones I kept thinking in the back of my head that I've wanted to do for so long was to get into the idea of leisure reading uh, for law enforcement. And this is something I know that you enjoy and I really enjoy. Uh, yeah. But what, in terms of this whole thing we have leisure reading, tell me about your experience with leisure reading in law enforcement. Well, really, we can go way back to my conservation days when, you know, I, I, when I was, well, we can go even farther back, but we'll start there. Um, I was working out in middle of nowhere, Manitoba. We did not have Wi-Fi where I was, uh, in the bunkhouse I was put up in. We didn't. We had like three channels on TV. I think like the Christian fundamentalist channel, the hunting channel, and the news channel. Sounds like uh, so Manitoba. Yeah. Our air conditioner was a Chrysler. Like it was not. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot to do. So on the occasion that I'd get to go into Winnipeg, I'd pick up a book. And actually, when I, that's when I started uh, reading the Game of Thrones books, the Song of Fire and Ice. And, and I that was really all, that would be part of my routine. You know, I'd go fishing. I'd read my book for a couple hours, make food and go work out and repeat wash and repeat go to work whatever but that was kind of one of the, the first thing that really got me into i guess as an adult leisure reading because when i was in university all i did was read for school right it kind of became work and it kind of made me not want to read as much for leisure or enjoyment right and scholarly reading like, scholarly reading right now you feel like all you're doing is reading and it's for work right and and again we do a lot of reading in, in our line of work too but it's, it's very different right um but i find that you can kind of get yourself lost into a different uh, different world and as the years have gone on after you know depot and uh, going to my first post i didn't really start reading much uh in my first post just because i again we had a lot going on you're a young guy i was in whistler so i had other distractions but yeah since you know last three four years has really gotten back into reading again been reading a lot and i've always loved reading uh, my family always had books around i know i find it really relaxing really 
kind of get yourself lost in a different world, different time, different circumstances. You know, it, it's a good escape. And I, I find you can get way deeper into a book than you can into TV shows and movies sometimes. Like, yeah, TV shows, movies, awesome. But sometimes you're getting into a book or a series, you just can't put the book down, right? You get trapped in it, and that's great. It's a great place to be trapped sometimes. Yeah, isn't that an interesting social observation that you're making right there? Uh, and it, it's it, it's interesting in the sense that you're probably, I think, about five, six years younger than I am. And, like, you're making a comment about how that your family had books. We always had books around. And it's something yeah. we don't see anymore. We just don't see it. And yeah. it's because obviously we have all the platforms, we have all, you know, digital media, we have all the rest of that, but we haven't really put the importance down on the actual paper book, right? Yeah. And and it's just, it's, it's absolutely shocking. Uh, I always grew up with it. My dad was a big reader. Obviously, he was really big into the Sharp series and he had like a million mm-hmm. and a half of, it's Bernard Cornwall, right? Yeah. yeah, and you'll get me on that in a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, and, and so like he was always into that. My dad was always reading. My dad was a police officer for 35 years, and he was re- always really into it. If there was any time, I saw my dad doing a couple different things. He was either watching TV, uh, building models, because that was his way of de-stressing, or the guy was reading, and he always had a novel in his hand, or he was reading you know, before you know, mm-hmm. he was taking a nap or whatever it was. That was his way to decompress, and it's something that I didn't take up for many, many years. But you also touched on a point, Eric, as well, too, that, you know, you're talking about at Depot, and it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, did, was that something that you were doing, we talk in the sense of policing, was that something that you were getting into at Depot when you went into training? Did you end up bringing anything with you? You know, I don't think I read a book for pleasure while I was at Depot. Uh, I was in... When I got there, they didn't have Wi-Fi throughout Depot, but certain parts of the new buildings did, and my room happened to be right next to the Wi-Fi hub, so I had Netflix, so I watched TV. Uh, I'd have it running in the background while I went through my APS books. You know, I'd have, because I've always have to have something on in the background, even when I am reading. Um, It's just something I've always kind of done, and it's gotten more so as time's gone on, but yeah, I, I didn't read much when I was at Depot beyond that. It was more when I came out of Depot and really kind of really in the last four years. So that would have been seven years ago when I was at Depot. So, and then prior to that, it was when I was in conservation. I read, I read a lot when I was in conservation. Yeah. It, it just seems like it's just something like I, even I went through 15, almost 15 years ago and I can't remember a time when I went walking throughout base and saw somebody sitting with a book and when you really think about it and you you really put it all into perspective on the benefits of leisure reading or pleasure reading, whatever you want to call it, the benefits of doing that, the distressing, the, the, the cognitive, positive cognitive effects of actually reading is incredible. I don't know, understand oh, why. Yeah. Like, I, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we're doing so much reading there anyways. You're doing so much comprehension work. When you're looking at PowerPoint after PowerPoint and training, it doesn't matter what organization that you're in, your basic training that you're going through for law enforcement post, you know, post-secondary education that you went to, but your actual training academy, you're going to be bombarded with death by PowerPoint. And you're going to be seeing that on a daily basis. But after the fact, like you said, the ability to turn off into something like Netflix these days is is really, really something that you're seeing more and more of. We didn't have that back when I went through. All we had was DVDs, old Mm. skipped scratch DVDs of Trailer Park Boys. So I think we've we've stepped up a bit in that sense. A little bit. But uh, apparently everyone has uh, Wi-Fi now. You see, that, that's insane to me. But in this particular sense, why we didn't see people doing it and why it's not promoted, it, it just boggles my mind, given what we know is the benefit of actually reading. So in that sense, do you think that we're maybe we've lost something uh, for the recruits going through these days? Uh, you know, I kind of think maybe because I know I'm not sure if you remember, but no one when, when I was there was ever in the library. No, 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 actually, actually, you know what? It's not that there was nobody there. They went there for quiet. They went there for peace when I was there, because I don't know if it's the same thing as it is now. It's, it's, you know, we had VCR TVs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The combo TVs up there and then the two little uh, meeting rooms in the middle. But, you know, it really, nobody actually went there for that particular type of reading. Everything was all textbooks and those really garbage uh, detachment yeah. information sheets. Yeah, yeah, that are completely inaccurate. Yeah, they suckered me yeah. into Grand Isle that way, I might <laughs> tell you. But looking into it, if somebody were to go in to get into 
pleasure or leisure reading as we're calling it, depending on whatever you call it. When they're at training, what like when you started getting into it or at least getting back into it in policing, yeah. what were you starting to get into? You know, I the first thing that I really kind of started reading when I got into it was, you know, I've always been a history kind of nerd. So I started reading history books, well-written, engaging history books, which a lot of people think don't exist. They they are out there. there. There are some that are very, very well-written. SPQR by Mary Bird, History of Ancient Rome. Fantastic. Or probably, does it say Mary Bird or Mary Beard? Is it Mary Bird? Ah, Mary Beard. The Beard. Beard. Okay. Beard. Yep. Um, fantastic author. Really, really smartly. I think she's a professor at Cambridge or Oxford or something like that. She's done a bunch of TV specials. Um, but Probably one of the most engaging history books I ever read was ha- read have been by Mary Beard. So she did uh, she did uh, SPQR, and I'm having a brain fart on the other one that I read of hers. But all about kind of ancient Rome that whole time period. Very very interesting. Um, ah, I think it was Pompeii. She did one on Pompeii as well. And that's kind of um, that's kind of interesting because the thing that connects us here as well to on that one is I I as well got into uh, historical fiction, if that's what we're going to be calling it, historical fiction. Yeah. With the Con Eagleden series. Uh, when yeah. he was writing about Rome as well. And he yeah. talks, like, it's the Conqueror series. There's one, obviously, about yeah. Caesar. There's one about several yeah. other different stories in that. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're like, historic. So the SPQR is, is just a straight history book. Very engaging. But, yes, like, anything where they do good historical fiction, I think that's my favorite genre as well. I know I've talked about that in the past. Like, I just can't get enough of that kind of stuff. And and then fantasy as well like i do enjoy game of thrones lord of the rings all that kind of stuff um ooh lotr yes 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 i've never um, read them what i know well that's what everybody says they're like how could you possibly not have read the lord of the rings I don't, dude, I was playing hockey in high school. I, I was busy doing that. I just, I never got into it. There was always that, that little click in the group that kind of did that and went off in the side. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I never got into it. It just wasn't uh-huh. my thing at the time. Like I said, I took leisure writing or leisure reading up way too late when I think about yeah. it. And I think of how much I've accumulated now. Yeah. And, and, and dude, I used to go by the principal. And this is just me being honest, outside of post-secondary education, I went on the principle of back in the day when we were kids, Pizza Hut used to give out free personal pan pizzas for every book that you read. <laughs> and so I would read the book and I'd be like, Pizza Hut absolutely my literacy because like <laughs> I was going on the benefit factor. I was going on the fact that if I read a book, I would get something out of it. And then eventually, as I grew up and I was out of elementary school and you're in high school, you're like, hey, I just read a book. You're like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm like Pavlov's dog now. I'm like, I'm thinking I need a, a pizza, pizza hut and pizza. I'm looking at my parents. I'm like, can we go out for like the, the lunch buffet? I read a book today. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? So like once the benefit was gone, I'm like, oh, I'm don't think it's really that necessary to read. And I yeah. just, I didn't find anything I like. So a lot of people got into Lord of the Rings and Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. I wasn't, that came way later, I think, but. Oh, Game of Thrones came out in the nineties, but didn't get super popular until like right, right on the TV show came out, I think. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just kind of curious, like what brought you to Lord of the Rings, for example, and the uh, Game of the Thrones? Uh, Lord Game of, the of Rings. Thrones, sorry. I just said Game of the Thrones. I'm an idiot. So I read The Hobbit first. I think it was in fourth grade, something like that. And then after that, I started, you know, as I got older, I read the, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. Part of it was I wanted to read them because they were big books and they looked a little bit challenging. And another reason was that I just really enjoyed the story. It was very well written. The language used in it, the stories. The uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was was very good about pulling from different European traditions and cultures and kind of weaving them into these stories that he made. Right? He pulled from North mythology, Celtic, all these different things, and his linguistic background too. He invented his own languages in there. Right? Like he did he, language, written language. He he made one up. Elvish. Right. Guy had some time in his hands. Yeah, he had some time in his hands. And interestingly enough, a lot of people don't realize this. He was a veteran of the First World War. Fun facts with Eric. Fun facts with Eric. Yeah, he was a veteran of the First World War and he was born in South Africa. Interesting. So how, you went from Lord of the Rings and you get through those, go to the mm-hmm. uh, Game of Thrones. and then Game of Thrones came a lot later. I'd say Game of Thrones didn't come until I was almost done university. Um, a buddy of mine had just finished reading them. The TV show hadn't come out yet, but it was coming out like later that year. So I said, oh, I'll read the, read the first book. And then I was hooked. 
and I was just totally hooked. Okay. So before we get into some of the other stuff and more recently what we're kind of getting into and what we're reading these days, because, you know, got to chip my giant stack of books here and, and to talk about and all the rest. But I'm kind of curious, you know, and Eric, I think as a guy that's been reading a lot and, you know, and takes a lot from that for quite a bit longer than I have in the sense of, of leisure reading. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what the benefits you see from this in respect to law enforcement and what we do in our job on a day-to-day basis. What do you think the the benefits are that you're getting out of this? Because a lot of people, they're le- they're listening yeah. to the podcast and they're like, yeah, I don't have to read. I don't have time to read. Uh, you know, I, I read enough at work, like we already said. But what are they missing out on? So the one thing about, at least I find with reading it, it, it kind of helps a bit with critical thinking because you're trying to think ahead in the book what's happening where's this going what are we going to see for that i think applies more to kind of fiction and kind of mystery novels you know with history novels it teaches you or you learn things from the past depending on how they're written but you'll learn things in the past you get an idea of okay this is what these guys did these are what these guys did these are what these guys did maybe this is something that i can do right or we can take something from that and modify it and use it today and someone could probably can fact check me out there but i'm quite confident i've seen studies that reading fiction reading different books um expands your vocabulary expands your ability to comprehend things comprehend people um helps you with eloquency when you're speaking whole bunch of things and it gives you more things to talk about to more people right and one thing we know for certain in this job is we talk a lot we have to talk a lot and having you know a bunch of stuff in your back pocket of like varied interests like you know i can talk about boot polishing and i can talk about you know third century bc greek amphoras if i wanted to right because i've read books on both of those things you know there's you never know when you're going to bump into something and someone's that's what they're talking about or thinking about and then you can connect with that person right away but say hey actually i know a little bit about that and then away you go what I, what I would say is that the benefit for the vocabulary is 100%. I'd have to agree with you. I think that my vocabulary has definitely changed. It has enhanced over the years of reading uh, when I've gone to leisure reading. Because it sounds so stupid when I say into reading. I can leisure re- reading. I can read. I You know, they always joke around. They're like, you know, you ever see that traffic stop where they're like, uh, ma'am, do you know why I pulled you over today? And she's like, because you failed community college. Yeah. Like, ha ha, well done. Uh, but in this sense, obviously, leisure reading, but it definitely has benefited. But I'm just kind of curious on the sense of de-stressing, because you know, that's a big yeah. thing. And we deal with this and we have to find coping mechanisms when it comes to, obviously, we talk about it all day long and every day with regards to mental health. Uh, in that sense, with reading, and this is sort of like a benefit to an individual who's going to be listening to this podcast, either going into the profession or already, you know, knee deep into it, who could seriously start today and by grabbing a book and getting into it, what have you seen as the positive uh, mental health uh, benefits with reading, leisure reading off duty? I think that it really just kind of gives you a bit of an escape, a healthier escape, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I love my video games as as they say <laughs> but it's not necessarily the healthiest escape right you know you can work out you can do martial arts you can do anything but one thing that's super easy that you can do i'm assuming if you're in this career you can read it's something easy to pick up and you can get into something that you can kind of escape a bit with and not, not necessarily that you need to escape but sometimes you just need to take a break from a break from the world right sit down have a coffee have a scotch have your beverage of choice you know, sit on the couch, sit somewhere with a nice view, read a book, right? Even taking a book, you can take a book anywhere. Staring at a screen, it's not different. Oh, you're looking at your phone trying to read? Yeah, we, I do it. We all do it. But you're going to get distracted. There's going to be a bing. And next thing you know, you're doom scrolling on Instagram. You can't doom scroll on a book. <laughs> exactly. And that's something I've really learned from getting into this deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole of it is that you really do need the book in your hands you know and and there will be people there will be people that look at it and say or be listening to this today and say well i have my kobo or my kindle whatever you're buying and i or on my ipad or my iphone or audible if they're using audible Here's the Audible where you can find the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. <laughs> uh, there's something to be said about all of those. And, uh, you know, a big thing a lot of people are talking about, and guys got how many millions and millions of viewers, as Joe Rogan talks about it on his podcast, uh, about reading in the fact that he listens to everything via Audible. And he listens to books. He said he's, he's read, um, you know, how many hundreds of books 
everything that comes out new. And he says he sits there in his hot, his sauna or whatever and listens to them on tape. Okay, that's fantastic. You are getting the story out of it. But again, it feels like entertainment that you're not using this up here in your dome, right? You're not you're using you know, use your, your, your brain. Like you're listening and you're taking in the story, but you're not actually getting into the book. And it's really something I think personally, in my opinion, is of extreme value in just having that paper book in your hand. I think the retention that you can get from a book, the way an author will, you know, describe different things. Yeah, I think I think that there's something that gets lost when you're you're listening to audiobooks a little bit because you're not I don't, unless you're paying super super close attention and, and listening really hard same thing that kind of goes with, with tv shows right you're re- watching a tv show compared to a book everyone always says the book is better because typically they are right there's there's more elements to it that just can't be captured on film now i have listened to some books on audiobook i actually only listened to one book on audiobook and it was uh the golden spruce and if anyone from bc hasn't read that book i recommend giving it a read it, it's quite a interesting book i listened to it on 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 audible when i was at fairy creek and then a bit after it because it had a lot of context to that but yeah there's there's really really there's no real comparison to to, to reading a book listening to a book reading a book even on a like there's something about having having paper in your hand right the the feel the smell the texture right it's just kind of something that pulls you into it right and you get into some old books and then it's the whole other thing right whole You're, whole different story whole different story you know if you're holding a book you know i'm you know and i think i've told you before like i inherited a a good number of quite ancient and stately tomes very much so they smell of rich (laughs) mahogany um, they smell of leather-bound books and rich mahogany um (laughs) from my great great grandmother because she was quite well read and came from an affluent family back back in the day and you know i've got yeah i got the, the oldest books i have are from the 1720s and I've got newer books, but that are from like the 1850s, right? Like things like, and there's just something about those old books and even books that were made in the 20s, 30s and 40s, right? They all have that kind of old book smell and they're in good shape. And there's also something with the language in old books that they use, right? They use a different language. Even when you're reading translations of, let's say, Marcus Aurelius, which is another book I, I want to talk about too in a little bit, his golden book or his meditations. The translation back then the way they translate it just seems so much more maybe flowery, but mm-hmm. you know, that's in the sense just, of stoicism. Yeah. 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 And, and the alliteration is better. I, I find that today where it just kind of comes across like, okay, we're going to do as accurate as we can. And they're writing it in kind of our words. And I, I, I find the way that we speak these days, many of us, it, many of us could benefit from having more thought into the words we choose, right. And the way we speak, which would make us sound a lot more, you know, to be, and, I, and I'm jealous of, of people who have that ability with language who can just talk, and it just sounds like you're listening to the smartest person in the world. They could be a complete twit, but because they, they, you know, they got that British private school education or, or something like that, they just sound, oh, wow, wow, that he, that makes sense. Yeah, it's their it's their um, ability to articulate is the issue. It's being yeah. able to articulate, but yes, it 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 definitely is, and it's one of those I should really be kept away from flea markets. Because mm-hmm. I suffer the same thing as you, Eric, in the sense that if I go in, and this is something I picked up from my old man, is years and years and years of going to flea markets and garage sales and all the rest of that and picking up book after book after book. I'm pretty sure that if you took all the books out of my parents' house, uh, the foundation would come up four inches for how much <laughs> weight just in, in just in books. And, you know, I'll probably get a kick out of it. I'll grab a photo of, of the old man's yeah. man cave and you can yeah. see, and it's not hoarderish, but it, it, it's mm. definitely yeah. books on books on books about absolutely everything you could possibly think of. Yeah. Like we used to go to book sales when I was a kid and you would go in and if you had a, like the box you would get at Costco and you would walk in and for $20, you could fill the box with books and you would walk out it was just one of those book sales that came up and like you don't see those necessarily anymore but it's just something that was passed down and and those old books man just Mm -hmm. you got to keep them away from me and especially if it's anything to do with the rcmp i'm like i'm buying it and i i don't want to spend money on it but i'm going to riders of the plains by a l hayden do you have that one no i don't i actually just picked up yeah, I literally just picked up uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. It's a century of history by Nora and William Kelly. I just picked up two copies of that. I hate you. Look at that book. God, it's even yeah. got a red cover on it. Yeah, and so he wrote two books. Actually. Oh, it's a big book too. I like oh, big oh, books. Yeah. And then it's got the old thing, and then the you flip the first page, and they have that like 
tissue paper. Why aren't you wearing gloves? This. Why aren't you wearing gloves when you handle that thing? It's if your hands are clean, you don't really need gloves. And you actually, if you're wearing gloves, you can't feel things as well. You lose tactility, and then you can damage some things. It's not old enough where I'm worried about my oils destroying the book. So we don't get that I, real musty smell. I learned that in a book. There you go. <laughs> Man, we're we're breaking paradigms here. We're we're, we're yeah. You know, we're just. just yeah melting brains out there right. they're listening to it they're like are these guys seriously doing a, a podcast about books yeah yeah and put the book fact, down listen to us and then go back to the book yeah well funnily enough that writer's a plain book that i just held up to the held up to you there it was one of the first used books that i bought myself when i was a kid i went into the uh used bookstore in ganges in uh salt spring, salt spring. so if anyone ever go wants to look for some cool old used bookstore or used books the the bookstore on ganges harbor is top notch anyway i found that there and that was right around the time where i decided i want to be a mountie when i bought that book really that's interesting. Yeah, right around the, right around that same time, that's kind of was on that on a mounty kick. I would have been like, well, thirteen ish, maybe grade eight, nine, somewhere in there. Not that old. Um, or not not eight, nine. Sorry, seven, eight. Yeah, I was a, a, just a wee little gaffer when I bought that. I can't remember what year that would have been, but yeah. And that's what makes us different. You know, the, the people have said this in the past, and this isn't going to be a recruiting episode, but that's what makes mounties different. There's things like that no. that make us a different breed in the sense that we're picking up books when we're that age to go out and, you know, join the RCMP yeah. and, and put that as your goal. So it's fantastic to hear. But like, and, you know, when we're talking a little bit about the benefits, we've talked about the vocabulary, we've talked about the ability to kind of, sh- I guess it would be not necessarily shut off, but escape. We we're talking about the, the sense yeah. of escapism uh, that comes yeah. with reading. And in in that sense, even if it's environmental in that case, you were talking about the fact that, or you were talking about how you enjoyed uh, being able to sit down someplace, the couch, the chair, whatever. What's your favorite place to read? I'm just curious. Right now, when I'm in my home, uh, it's either on my couch, but I have a a really nice view of my garden from my couch, or it's in bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just just you know before i go to sleep it, sometimes it helps me fall asleep um you read get and you're like okay i'm tired now i can put the book down but this one is hard to put the book down if it's a good book so it's kind of a gamble with that one but yeah it tends to be on on the couch right now but if i'm at uh my family's cabin it's out on the uh out on the front patio or i have this bench that kind of overlooks the uh the narrows which is really really nice too yeah just looking out at the beautiful ocean view ocean yeah. yeah. The sea, oh, I no. guess we call my that the sea. Been in the sea, yeah, uh, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, And I go, oh no, my chapter's been interrupted by a whale going by. Hmm. <laughs> Island problems. Island problems. <laughs> it's, I oh, guess I have to look at the whale now. I have to look at the orca, or I have to look at the right whale, or I have to look at whatever's coming out here. A right whale? I don't know. Man, if a right whale came through here, DFO would be really confused. They'd be losing their minds. They'd be like, why is this here? Yeah, well, there's humpbacks, right? Humpbacks come yeah, through. Yeah, but they're not right whales. I know. I just thought Different. it. I thought, you know what? Oh, what's God. the one thing I haven't seen out here? I've seen humpback and I've seen the orcas. Blew my mind, by the way. Uh, We've had uh, a sperm whale come into the harbor not that many years ago, um, which is very odd. Uh, we had a fin whale go through Dodds and Arrows not that long ago either, which is really interesting. They're the second largest mammal, second largest whale. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. I, I would say that... I, I think the place in which you choose to read definitely will either elevate the experience and keep you coming back, or it'll absolutely crush your motivation to be able to do so. And a lot of people, and maybe this is just my experience, but I have spoken to a couple of people about this because I am that guy and I'd like to learn about things from people and I like to have conversations, obviously, once we started the podcast. But in this sense, being able to ask people about where and, and what the challenges they had when it comes to getting into leisure reading. Because like every time I ask somebody if they leisure read, it's like asking a dirty question or I'm like, I just immediately yeah. put on my glasses because everybody's like, nerd kind of yeah. deal. And but when I do get the uh, when I do ask the question, the answer I usually get from people, and I'm like, "Hey, have you started leisure reading? Have you done that? You really should." And immediately, yeah. what I get is, "Oh yeah, I tried. My kids got in the way. My wife asked me to do something, and I can't get any time to myself to be able to do it and to be able to sit yeah. there." And what I found for for me was that I had to take the time to be able to do that, and I did have to start reading 
painfully. I had to start doing it before I went to bed, like you said, and it helped me go to sleep because I would literally pass out with the book on my chest and wake up with the stupid thing on the ground and I'd lose my page. So I was constantly dog-earing the page as I would do that. And my wife, Maris, would always say, she's like, oh, two pages and he's out. You're talking to a guy that deals with stress poorly, you know, in, in the long-term effects of post-traumatic stress and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And in that... The hardest thing was being able to shut off, especially when I think about my time in Grand Isle and I'm thinking about all the noises in the house and all the tings and random noises that would come up. And it was just absolutely horrible. But reading was the one thing that put me down for the count, like literally knocked me out. And I, I remember those first few books, and I think I was reading Andy McNabb at the time. And I don't know if you're familiar with Andy McNabb at all, Eric, but he's a former SAS uh, okay. soldier and he started writing the Nick Stone thrillers and it, it, this is like if you're starting out reading and you're getting into leisure reading and you're like mm-hmm. ah you know I just want I, I don't know what to get into I don't and I don't want to read long chapters like that was my sharps. big thing you could get in the sharps how, how many pages are sharps uh, so one like, of the thicker ones I have is like 335 but like chapters like chapters are oh, long chapters? short Oh, they're short chapters. Yeah, like a McNab- Some are longer than others. They're like, you know, maybe 10 pages of that. A McNabb yeah. book? Yeah. And so the Nick Stone thrillers, which there are many, 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 is three pages. Huh. A three page, like, look at this thing. It's a normal sized pocketbook that is yeah. 521 pages <laughs> at three pages a chapter. And it goes by like a grease fire. It, it just, it's so hmm. fast and so easy to read that I didn't feel that bad that I couldn't no. finish a chapter because it was done in three pages. And if there's anybody out there that's starting reading, that is your book and that is your author to get into is those Nick Stone. And you will go and be like, you ever looking for the goal of finishing your first book, like leisure reading book? Because I can't be the only one that's going through this. I can't be. There's, there's no damn way it's possible. I'm not that unique. I'm pretty weird, but not that unique. This is the way to do that. And I'm sure, did you find the same thing, Eric? Or how are you with that when it comes to your stamina in reading? I, my stamina, like I, I can't just read any book. I, I've, I've started a lot of books and I haven't finished a lot of books because I just couldn't get into the book. Like a lot of people are going to harp on me, but Dune, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't do Dune. It's too big, isn't it? I tried. I tried and I have a really nice copy of it and it's, I just I've never been much for reading reading sci-fi watching sci-fi sure reading sci-fi I have more of a problem now fantasy is the opposite with that but yeah I just some books I just can't get into um yeah so like when when I get into a good book my biggest issue is putting the damn thing down right and I find like reading because you know like we talked about with before with PTSD or anything like that hypoactivity is a big issue as well right and I find that Yes, you're probably being a little bit on the hypoactive side, but it's not the same as just turning into a vegetable on the couch and doom scrolling or whatever. You know, you get into a good book and you're invested in that book. Like you're 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 in there. And once you have a book that just clicks with you and you, you it just takes off. Right. That for me, the most recent ones like that that I've been reading are the Sharps novels. Right. And I'm well, there's like a million of them, but I'm like five or six books into it now. And there's like oh, I, I want to say like 20, 20 something. Right. There's there's Fantastic. there's so many. There's like like so I said, many. I remember my dad. Keeps, I'm gonna go back and see the them. giant list. Yeah. Oh, and he keeps writing them. He just keeps making more. Right. And he doesn't. He didn't. Re- Bernard Conwell did not release them in order. They're all chronological, but they're not released in order. Like he just has an idea and then writes that story for that idea. Yeah. yeah. See, it's it, funny. Like you, like you go back and you read one book, and the description of Sharp is one way, one of the older books, and then you come back. And you realize that that book was released after the TV show came out. And Bernard Conwell liked um, Sean Bean playing. I was going to say Sean Bean. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Richard Sharp so much that he changed the description of Sharp in the book to match Sean Bean. So it's just, yeah. Like the physical stature? Physical like description. Yeah. And it gave him a different accent and all that. That, that's like that's like saying that they go back and, and anybody listening, if you're into it, I'm sorry, I'm going to end up murdering it. I cannot for life of me remember who does the, the Jack Reacher series. I, I've read three or four of them, trying to get more Grisham? into it. Grisham? It wasn't. It Is wasn't it, Grisham. No. Grisham didn't do the Jack Jack Reacher series. But uh, when you when you look at it and you actually like you said, the book is better than the movie. The books are way better than the movies. And then Lee Child. Lee Child. Thank you very much. There we go. Lee Child. So when Lee Matter Child. Sh- Sir. 
Sir. Ooh, Sir Lee Child now. Sir Lee Child, CBE. Oh, wow. Uh, when Lee Child talks about the Jack Reacher character in the books, you are absolutely blown away by the fact that he's like six foot seven. Yeah. He's a monster. He's a rail. So he's like, when you get this, this mental image, like, and that's the other thing about reading when you've got the book going, it just, mm. you don't have to rely upon somebody else's interpretation of a scene. You build that literally the creativity should be booming out of your body at that point Yeah, because you get to create this landscape. And this yeah. character that you have inside your mind. And when you're reading the Jack Reacher series with uh, obviously Lee Child's version of that, with the original version of it, and then you look at Tom Cruise from yeah. the films, not no, Jack Reacher. Person. No. No way in hell. They just said, hey, listen, Tom Cruise is willing to do your movie in between a couple of Mission Impossibles. Do you want to do this? And they're like, uh, what do I look like, an idiot? Am I just, am I born to give up? People will watch it. Why don't I just burn money? Like, yes, of course I'll take Tom Cruise uh, to go and do this movie. No, he's he's just small. He's just short. He's just a little fella. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's totally different. So like you said, in the sense that obviously Sean Bean's overall appearance, like who doesn't like Sean Bean? Come on. Um, Everyone likes Sean Bean. And it's the only, for for those listening, Sean Bean doesn't die because Sharp doesn't die. Richard Sharp doesn't die? No, as far as I know, I haven't got that far yet. but th- th- that's Napoleonic, the naval Napoleonic, Napoleonic wars. wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like a twenty book, so I'm on book like six. So I'm he hasn't died yet, and he didn't die in the TV show because I watched the TV show too, which is fantastic. But it it was back in the '90s. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah so it was good. good. I remember seeing them. My dad was like, "You need to start reading it." I was like, "No, I couldn't." Get- Sean Bean dies in everything, so <laughs> good for him. Hey, he didn't. He didn't die in the. Uh, what was the one with um, he plays a NASA crew manager with Matt Damon the Martian he was in the Martian he doesn't die in that one he does well he, he dies inside a little bit well, he dies eventually like I'm sure he dies eventually he becomes an old man or whatever but uh, <laughs> but yeah no it, it, like it, just on that point you know we've obviously talked about the benefits a little bit about reading and we can go on and on and on it would be interesting to have an expert on as well too that can speak yeah. to and maybe even we can have an author on um yeah. And one of the people I'd actually, and I got a little story with this one. This is kind of cool. Is one of the people that I've really dug into deep, and my wife now thinks I have some kind of man crush on, is uh, is Mark Greeny. And I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Greeny. Mark Greeny is the author of The Gray Man. So the Gray Man series that came out, and it is fantastic. The Gray Man, like everybody has now seen, I think at most part, most people have seen the movie on Netflix and have kind of gotten into it. But with Ryan Gosling and uh, a guy that played Captain America, Chris, not Pine, the Battle of the Chris's, one of the Chris's. Oh, not Chris, Chris Evans. Hemsworth. Chris Evans. No, Chris Evans. Thank you. Yeah, Chris Evans is in that one as well too, and 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 the guy that plays Denny Carmichael's character as well. But I mean, like, it's just it would be really cool to be able to get Mark Greeny on the podcast. And and, and this is the thing, I ended up sending him a, a message. Uh, because there was a bunch of phony accounts and, and whatever. And I just said, hey, listen, I just want to send you a message. And I do this from time to time. And I'm like, your books yeah. have really changed uh, my ability to A, function properly in life because I can now get de-stressed somehow. Um, yeah. It allows me to do that. It allows me to be able to be receptive for my family on a day-to-day basis without freaking out. And yeah. uh, it really has changed my life. It's for the better. And, uh, you know, and I always say, I'm like, I'm sure this has gone to your, your PR person or whatever through the, the company, the publishing house publishing, or whatever. Thank you. The publishing house. And he sends back a message and it's like, immediately it comes out. It's, Hey, thank you very much for the comment. I can't remember what exactly it was. If I looked it up on Instagram right now, I could. And it's actually him. He's like, no, my PR person is actually, I think it was like his sister-in-law. <laughs> He's like, my PR person is my sister-in-law. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the, the the kind words or whatever. I'm like, holy shit. Mark Greeny actually answered. <laughs> and, and I was like, like, could we get him on? Like he, I don't know. Dude, he was on Joe Rogan recently that's crazy like he he was on there joe rogan doesn't have like 
fictional authors come on for the most part. He has like SEAL Team Six guys, but he's never had like a guy that has. Well, you know what you you know what they say, right? Shoot for the stars and you land somewhere, dude. You never you never know. But being able to talk to somebody that has the insight in that and, yeah. and to talk about the the cognitive benefits of what's going on with that uh, would be fantastic. It would be amazing to be able to get somebody in. But I'm just kind of curious, who else are you reading right now, Eric? Because I'd love to get into this with you about <laughs> what you're actually reading. Because you already talked about you're doing Bernard Cornwall or Cornwall. So right now I am reading a non-fiction, I suppose, if we put it that way. So you might know this, but a, a co-worker of ours, I feel like he gets a cut of this book every time it gets sold. It's called Beat the Bank. It's about investing, learning how to do simply simple, smart investing. Is this, Wes- is this Wezo? No, it's not. Really? Is no, it like our colleague, not. like on our watch? No. Well, formerly on our watch. Fabby? No. I don't know. I don't- Who's who was in the oh. money? Who was in the money? <laughs> two wheeler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two wheeler. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just call him two wheeler. Two wheeler. So he 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 told me to read this book like a year ago when he was still on the watch. And I bought it and I never read it. And then I now that I'm children on the way, I'm trying to make more financially smart decisions. You mean a six hundred you mean a six hundred dollar RCMP? <laughs> coin was was not a wise fiscal or was a fiscal <laughs> that is a wise fiscal decision because it's already worth 200 more than i paid for it, so you can go get stuffed <laughs> moving on moving on I'm, I'm just as guilty eric but you're you, so you're reading that one i'm reading that one right now that's that's and it's, it's again it's, it's quite well written i'm almost done it now it's not a particularly huge book it's only 173 pages give or take it's by larry bates really really good and it has a lot of things that i didn't know because like i know we talked about before and we've had people on mounties are terrible with money so this getting, is getting better learn. getting better getting better getting better so this this is helping me but i i, I do strongly believe that that old two-wheeler there gets uh gets a little cut every time one of these books sold because he's gotten like seven different people to buy it that i know of now <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah so i've i've it is it, it, it is really well and once it's done i'm gonna start playing around a little bit you know obviously I'm not gonna do anything silly but another book that i've also read on the side is called gibraltar why do i know called, gibraltar why is it who, who writes it the book is by roy adkins and leslie adkins it's a history book okay about it's gibraltar a hist- it's a history on the siege of gibraltar okay so basically how gibraltar came to be british and all that kind of stuff because I've actually only just started. I know a bit about Gibraltar. Um, it's one of the weird gaps of British history that I, I don't know a great deal about. So I'm just getting into it, but it, it seems very well written, very informatic. But Gibraltar is a spit of land at uh, the end of the Mediterranean between Morocco and Spain. It's essentially a giant rock that the British maintain as a uh, essentially like a, an enclave. It's like an outpost. Like an outpost, yeah. exactly. So it, it has Spain bordering it to the north, and the south is the Mediterranean, then Morocco just across the way. It's like Saint, they control. It's like Saint Pierre and Miquelon. Yeah, but uh, they control the access to the Mediterranean from there. Ah, there you they go. have a large military base there, and it's the oh, it's got monkeys that go all over the place. Yeah, I, I really want to see it one day. It's on my bucket list of places to visit. But yeah, it's and for a long time, Spain still wants to take it back. And for a long time, you couldn't travel between Spain and Gibraltar because the Spaniards wouldn't let you cross the border when Franco was there, I think, and some other things like that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It was a, a major kind of setting off point in the late 1700s. So, so this brings me yeah. to another question on this one, Eric, because you said you've had multiple. I fall victim to this all the time. Is that I see yeah. as I see something that's really interests me and you buy I'm like, it and it sits forever. No, see the thing is I buy it and it doesn't sit forever. But I go oh. in in between books. Ah, that's dangerous. That's super dangerous. And people that are unfamiliar with uh, if they don't get into leisure reading or anything like that, or if they have the uh, the horrible addiction that is buying older books. Yeah, and buying history books or whatever it might be is you're like you read three pages of something that you find interesting. Oh, I see them. I know. <laughs> you find something interesting you're like i'm gonna read that and i'm gonna come back yeah. and i put this one down and then all of a sudden you got a stack of six books going and i i'm just as guilty because i'm i'm actually doing it right now sadly i am doing it because i am 390 pages into don winslow's the border yeah which i can only read so much about the cartels before ah. i'm like oh my god like it just it's such gruesome detail 
uh, yeah. about what's going on with that. And I could care less. I do not investigate cartels. So I, yeah, it, it, I have no no skin in the game, so to speak, when it comes to yeah. that. But like, for example, I read that, I got what, 390 pages down, but then I see Eat and Run by Scott Jurek and it's about endurance running and ultra marathoning. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I got a run coming up in October. I really want to get into that. So I knock out another 150 pages of that. Then I look over, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. Like I got the border sitting there. And then on top of that, oh, Greeny, Greeny puts out another non-Gray Man book called Armored. And then I rip through Armored in like, six days yeah. I ripped through Armored and then I'm like oh that was fantastic like one of the best books he's written outside of that actual series and I'm like oh crap now I gotta go back to the border then I'm, yeah. I'm never gonna finish Eat and Run in, unless I force myself to do it but it just do you find you, you do yeah, the same thing no. so Gibraltar is uh, I bought that back in September when I was on my way to Europe um, to read on the plane now obviously I, it's a little bit thick to read on a plane just a little 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 thick but and I got a little bit into it, and then I never never read it. So now I'm trying to get back into it. It's actually on my list of to as soon as I'm done this, I'm going to finally finish this, so that I can get back into this. <laughs> see, so for those you're, of you, you're, it's your fault you fell into that yeah, hole. Yeah. So for those of you who can't see, you know, through the internet where there's no video, I held up the Beat the Bank and the Gibraltar book, and then I held up a Sharp book because I'm I'm working my way through that. But and, but anybody that yeah. falls into the pit of that, it's not a bad thing, and you don't have ADHD because that's what immediately like you know Meryl will make the joke. She looks over, she's like, "You've got some kind of attention issues. Like you're popping in between books and whatever." No, I'm just interested in multiple things, and yeah. I and I when I get into something, I want to get into something. The whole greeny armored uh, book that I read there. Wow, did that catch me off guard. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did, and I just literally floored through it. But then I look back, and I'm like, oh, shit, I went over to the used car, or used car dealership. I went over to the used bookstore here in Parksville, and I picked up Winslow's uh, The Border, and I started getting into that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is good, too. But I bought it at the exact same time as Armored. So I'm kind of like flipping between them, and, you know, on the point of Don Winslow, I got to tell you, Eric, and especially you get a kick out of this because we talked about it earlier in the podcast. There's something about the old books and there's something about how they smell and everything else. But what I love about the Winslow books and and, and they're ridiculously huge because I think this thing, I don't know, 714 pages. It, it's a yeah. decent novel. It's a but, poem book. But the pages are all off center. They're yeah. all off. As you can see, it's like a comb almost. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote the book The Force because it's within the same series. Mm-hmm. And The Force is an NYPD book that's fantastic as well, too. It talks about uh, corrupt officers and what have you. And I don't like to read uh, uh, policing books because it just it doesn't really do anything for me. The Force was yeah. a bit of I got through it. But I love the fact that that book feels that way when I'm holding it in my hands with the pages yeah. that are all off-center. A little bit off-centered, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It, it, and you know some books do that and they're they're trying to make it seem older or different or, or whatever and that's great and if you something for me like i try to avoid buying paperbacks when i can i try to find either an old or used hard hardcover yep they'll last longer they'll buy it they'll last longer and they look better and on a bookshelf they look much better on a bookshelf which is my next point <laughs> um it's all about appearances all about appearances so i have uh, a favorite publishing house out of the uk called folio society fantastic books very expensive now because of the shipping they don't do cheap shipping to canada anymore you have to pay the 80 dollars shipping Jesus. whatever it is yeah so for a, hard, offset. for a hardcover so you better order more than one is basically what it comes down to but the problem is the books are on average i think the cheapest one's like 80 bucks and they go all the way up to like a thousand plus i don't buy it a lot uh, especially now that the prices have gone up by so much but they make beautiful beautiful books beautiful hardcovers all the different kind of genres hmm. great great books i know i'm sure i've shown you some of them before but yeah they got a great many they've done you know jurassic park they've done all those other ones and really i've never seen those ones that's kind of cool though yeah yeah they're 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 really quite uh quite good and what i've found in victoria on vancouver island here russell's books is a great big like giant two-story used bookstore has a ton of them and they're typically half the cost um, of having to get them from overseas from overseas yeah so they're roughly some of them are closer to what they cost to, to buy it new, but you're not paying shipping. So. Okay, interesting. It so, rounds out. Yeah. 
So we've talked a little bit about the benefits. We've talked a little bit about yeah. what we're reading right now and what we're, kind of what we're getting into. Um, but I'm kind of curious if you had any advice for, because obviously this podcast, we get a lot of people that are just getting into policing law enforcement, uh, mm-hmm. specifically sometimes with the RCMP and, and going into places like Depo or in Ontario getting immunity forces going to OPC. Is there any advice that you give for people when they're going out there and coming into the, the profession? Because uh, obviously we want to go full circle on this one. Getting mm. into the profession and getting into reading for leisure or pleasure or de-stressing. Yeah. Well, first things first, you will almost certainly at some point in your career develop acquired ADHD. It happens to most of us at some point or other of learning. So, yes, like we kind of talked about earlier, it can be harder to kind of get into when you're in that kind of mindset. But I think it's vastly important to remember to take time for yourself, take time to stop, take time to read, learn, expand your mind, explore different worlds. You know, if you can insert the reading rainbow theme into here, I think it'd be a good time for that. (laughs) I can totally Um, do that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, all all I can really say is keep doing the things you like. And ultimately, if reading isn't your thing and there's nothing you can do to get yourself into it, that's okay. You don't have to like reading. There's tons of other things you can do. And I'm sure we're going to cover all those other things in the future because i know we have a bunch of ideas about things we're going to talk about coming up so yeah i'm pretty excited about it i think the same thing um when i tell people (laughs) to get getting into reading as a de-stressing mechanism as an ability to shut down as ability to enhance your your sleep patterns uh just Mm. even to get in that first stage of actually falling asleep because we live and, and we, we work and then we go home from an extremely hectic and chaotic uh, profession and lifestyle and, yeah. and, and the, the shift changes and how we, the patterns in which we work and the calls that we go to. Let me put it this way. If you haven't started reading, start doing it. If you aren't interested in reading, yeah, that happens. It is what it is. Look, I, you use me for example. I was never really that interested. I could never get through like five, six pages in a book and never yeah. get into it. I'm telling School you, probably did that to you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it comes you're, work, right? You're reading the wrong material. Yeah, and you are going to have to experiment a little bit in the sense of you just go to the library, mother of God, go to the library and pick up like six or seven books, and that's what I suggest. Maybe uh, I'm going to do an outing. Maybe we'll do an outing and we'll do some video on that. And it just be like, just pick out some books and be like, you know what? Here's a couple good starters. If you like this particular type of genre, just go and do it. Just grab five or six, read five or six pages, and then gravitate and really latch on to whatever gets your interest. And better yet, if you can't find anything, you're still having a hard time, look up what movies you love that were books first and then read the book. That's a really easy way to get into it. Yep. You'll be blown away how different it is. Yeah. And the detail yeah. and you're like, well, if you're kind of like me, I kind of did that on a couple of them. And then after the yeah. fact, I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I, I, like you totally ruined a, a, like a wonderful book, a, love, a wonderful story. Because you realistically, that's all it is. Just storytelling yeah. at its finest. So on that point, Eric, I think we've had a good start off conversation in regards oh, yeah. to reading for leisure, for pleasure, for, for de-stressing when it comes to law enforcement and first responder work. Listen, we've got lots of stuff coming up here in the future with regards to hobbies and reading and those mm. de-stressing mechanisms. But I think we really, we, we started off well tonight with talking about that. Guys, we'll, we'll talk in the future on books. I think this is going to be a fantastic series of episodes we can talk about and, and really dive into uh, the science of this. But uh, guys, be safe out there. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, check out the website, www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com. If there's no better way to end this, I will just say this. Pick up a goddamn book and start reading. It may save your life. <laughs>